Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Folks, uh, today is the day. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl 53, the Los Angeles Rams against the New England Patriots. Uh, expect fireworks, no doubt about it. It's going to be a great game. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of questions to answer for some people that are you know, still skeptical like myself. Uh, I'll try my best to uh, give things a better perspective of that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bellator, Ryan Bader defeats Fedor, Fedor Emelianenko in uh, impressive fashion. First round knockout. Uh, the Anthony Davis and Los Angeles Lakers, the whole trade with that. Uh, only a few days left before the deadline. And, man, uh, the New York Knicks submit uh, Persingas to Dallas. So a lot of things to evaluate. Let's just jump right into it. Super Bowl 53. Today's the day. Whether you're a Los Angeles Rams fan or New England Patriots fan, congrats to both of y'all's team. Uh, man, it's it's crazy. Um, it's for me. It's hard. It's hard to pick someone like I self-proclaim over and over again, as in Tom Brady as the goat. The thing is, is what's wild about this whole storyline and the whole franchise with LA is that they legit, you know, made this one particular run. Um, they picked up some heavy hitters uh, among the likes of like a Dominican Sue to help with the pass rush when it, with uh, Aaron Donald, who's had a phenomenal season, uh, over 20 sacks this year, uh, phenomenal athlete. Um, and yeah, so it's just things of that nature. And it's going to be if you come off season with uh, Jared Goff, you know, with, uh, you know, he's going to see seek an extension and you already have big contracts signed with Todd Gurley and Aaron Donald. And the thing is, Aaron Donald's not slowing down, but Gurley's been questioned all these past couple weeks with injury. It's like, is he fully healthy? Is he ready to go? You know, with the Rams picking up C.J. Anderson, that was huge and significant pickup for them. One of the main reasons why they got that dub against Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. So, man, it's it's going to be iffy. Um, uh, history so far against Tom Brady, the last two teams that have in the regular season over 100 quarterback hits are 2-0 against New England in the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles of last year. And the New York Giants a couple of years before that, uh, when they shocked the world uh, against the undefeated Patriots when they were eighteen and zero. So with that being said, um, yeah, it's uh, right now that when it comes to that particular stat, the LA's got the advantage, uh, rightfully so. Phenomenal defense. Um, it's just I, I don't know. We're it's 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 crazy. It's it's crazy how 18 years later, such as a day like today, Tom Brady won his very first Super Bowl against among the lights of the Rams back when they were in St. Louis. At the time, uh, you know, New England was a significant underdog against them as well. Rightfully so. The Rams are going for back-to-back championships. Kurt Warner, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, um, God, the, the Rams were stacked, but yet, yet, you know, New England was young and up and coming. And um, they had among the likes of Kevin Falk, Ty Law, um, Deion Branch, and I think Troy Brown. 
But uh, with that being said, it's uh, it's crazy. 18 years later, and this dude at the age of 41, 42, wherever he's at, is still playing at the top of his game. So the longevity for him is phenomenal. So the question remains is, you know, he's 40, he's 42, and it's like, you know, the Rams get these hits on Brady. Can he take them? I'm not saying he hasn't taken hits before, but man, Father Time likes to creep up, creep up on anyone with a snap of finger like that, like Thanos, and it's all over. You know, Saint the show the showed significantly in Peyton Manning's final season. They literally had to ride that defense in order to win that Super Bowl when they won a couple years back against the Carolina Panthers. We all knew we all knew Peyton Manning was done after that. You know, it was over. And it just came out of nowhere. It just, you know, one game he was hot, and next game he wasn't Peyton Manning anymore. So uh, if you look at it, man, the pat the past two decades, basically, um, New England has shut out all the doubts as much, you know, if you hate the franchise, cool, but you have to respect the fact of not only how consistent they've been, but how they operate as well. Uh, Bill Belichick being the key piece of that environment, um, you know, it just uh, by, you know, by being a leader by example, you know, Belichick chews out Brady, everyone else can get the smoke as well. So it's it's simple all that. It doesn't matter how great of a player you are. There's no stardom. There's no there's no Twitter controversy. There's no IG post about this and that. There's no locker room uh, controversy uh, along the likes of my Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't you don't hear any of that in New England. There is problems. You don't hear about it. You might you might hear a rumor here and there, but they'll never confirm that. No one can get a, a legitimate source. So the the environment, the organization, and the just uh, the standards that they set in New England is uh, phenomenal. And all these other franchises during the 2000s and, you know, 2010s that should have won more than one Super Bowl, but, you know, fell short because of New England for the most part, you know, um, with uh, Peyton Manning and Indy. Oh, they're the next big thing. Peyton Manning's got Marvin Harrison, Edger and James, you know, uh, the, the Reggie Wayne. So it, that that should have been a team that 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 type of team should have won more than one Super Bowl than they did against Chicago back in like 07. They should have won at least two more. But because New England, you know, Brady is Paint Manning's kryptonite. Simple as that. And then um, you know, with Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, um, phenomenal roster uh, all these years. And they just couldn't get it done, you know. That uh, with Heinz Ward, Plexico Burris, to um, you know whatever, uh, they won once. They won two Super Bowls, and the last Super Bowl was uh, what eight years ago, Super Bowl forty-three or ten years ago. So uh, they won two Super Bowls in the past two uh, twenty years, which isn't bad. But I'm just saying, like Pitt has also had a phenomenal franchise and roster. And uh, they have a reputation for that as well. You know, and with the roster they've had in the past couple years, Mike Tomlin should have, you know, he's a player's coach. He's a great coach. But, man, at the same time, when there's cons, it can be significant on your team and the chemistry there. Uh, They, You know, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, 
Vance McDonald. You know, it's just a lot of so much talent, man. And if anyone else could have that, you know, like a, like a Tom Brady or whoever, oh man, they would kill for that. But the problem the problem lies is within the players. Uh, you know, this is such as the Antonio Brown controversy this year. And, um, yeah, New England would definitely, they don't deal with that kind of, uh, that kind of scandalous stuff. But, uh, man, it's just, oh, it's going to be wild. You know, two of the top five offenses in the league, LA finished the year in second, New England in fifth. And then, uh, top five in passing was LA Rams this year. And, uh. Uh, come to Russian, New England was fifth, and the Rams were third. Uh, so it's gonna be, oh god, it's gonna be a field goal, maybe touchdown game, somewhere between there. But if I was picking, to be honest with you, I I gotta I gotta stick with my guns. I gotta stick with New England. I think, I think Brady gets his his six one man. He, it's it's hard to bet against someone like that, and I I think. As granted, like I said earlier, teams that have 100 or more quarterback hits are 2-0 against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, Like I said, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. I think Brady cements his legacy with this this team, uh, what he's been able to do as a whole. Not so much the offense, and yeah, Gronk, he's been iffy, he's been hurt, and not not the Gronk that we've known uh, in previous years. Same thing with Julian Edelman. I uh, got to give a uh, shout out to Sony Michelle. Phenomenal running back, stepped up big time for New England. He's doing his thing. He's been huge for them for their playoff run this year. The defense has been very iffy. Uh that you know, they're hot and they're not sometimes. So it's it's going to be hard to tell with that. But if I had to pick, I would say, you know, I got to say score 26-20 New England. So, uh but keep in mind, you know, the the LA's not afraid to get in shootouts either. You know, as much as Jared Goff, you know, people are still skeptical about him as well. He's only thrown one touchdown, come this postseason run, and one interception. Everything's been significant on the ground with CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley. Um, so, but um, big credit, like I said, big credit CJ Anderson. That was a huge pickup for LA because if they th- if they did not pick up him, I we would not see the Rams in the Super Bowl. No doubt, no doubt about it. But uh, I believe you know twenty six twenty New England will take it, and it's 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 gonna be a barn burn burner. Uh, it's gonna come down to the wire. So, but uh, no doubt about it. I, I definitely, if I'm a betting man, uh, they uh, the Patriots are the favorite minus two and a half. So I would take New England, no doubt about it. And um, and I think, I don't know, there's a lot of question. Brady thinks he's still good. So people are saying he's going to retire. He said he's good. So that, that blows my mind out the water. Uh, but either way, uh, phenomenal. Um, you can't uh, hate the fact of what Tom Brady has been able to accomplish in his career. Eight Super Bowl appearances. This is going to be his ninth Super Bowl appearance tonight. And, man, if he gets that sixth ring, I don't know. I don't know how you cannot say he's not the GOAT. And it's hard enough not saying he's not the GOAT. And people still make an argument about it. But 
People say Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, this and that. I don't want to hear it. It's Brady hands down. Uh, regardless of this of this W or not, it's uh, you got to appreciate the franchise, such as along the likes of New England Patriots. Because honestly, I don't I don't see a more consistent franchise that's done it more than ten years. But they've been been able to do it for twenty. You know, you had the teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. They had their decade run, four Super Bowls in a decade. Uh, Then you had the 80s, the San Francisco 49ers. Then the 90s were the Dallas Cowboys. And now it's been New England back-to-back decades. You know, so eventually we all know that this chapter is going to close soon. It's just, you know, it just depends on the the beholder of the gauntlet. It depends on uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, I think Bill's gone after this year, but I don't know. Uh, who knows if they think they could still make another run at it? That'd be wild. But 42 years old, Tom Brady. I don't know how. Um, I don't know. He's got to show a decline somewhere. As much as I praise the dude, but he's got to show a decline somewhere. It has to happen. Father time ain't no joke, and it happens to the best of us sooner or later. But uh, with that being said, uh, New England Patriots 26, Los Angeles Rams 20. But with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break, and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. This is Engine Reserve Podcast. So, besides the Super Bowl week, uh, what the NBA, what I noticed in the past previous couple of years, is they like trying to steal the spotlight, you know, for when it comes to the NFL, um, especially during this trade season. And uh, Anthony Davis going to the Los Angeles Lakers, still up in the air. And uh, like I said, uh, I've been talking with a lot of people, and I. If LA wants them, they're going to have to give up the boat. And it seems a lot of Laker fans are adamant about it. Or, you know, they're just fine. And I said, if in order for that to happen, they got to give up Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, uh, probably Josh Hart, and probably a pick, maybe two, just to even have a chance at uh, grabbing Anthony Davis. Now, what we're starting to see now is we, a lot of people fail to recognize this, is that the NBA has always been a player's league. The NFL, it's always been their own thing. They like to claim their own kind of franchise. You know, they want to be that guy. But nowadays, you know, the era is different. It's always, you know, it's always been a player's league for the most part from the 70s to now. But at the end of the day, um, you know, there was an inside tip about Anthony Davis and why he wanted to... The problem is, is people. A lot of fans have a problem with you know hearing their players, you know, especially hometowns such as New Orleans. And he's like, uh, I want to be traded. I want to go to L.A. There's nothing wrong with that. He has, excuse me, uh, he has every right to say that. And people have a significant problem with that. I don't know why. It, it maybe it's heartbreaking. It's like almost trying. It's almost like a heartbreak. You know, dealing with a breakup. You know, you. You've been there for four or five years, and then it's just like, you know what? This isn't working out. 
I can only do so much in New Orleans. I'm, you know, I'm averaging a double double here, and it just, I don't. There's no tools here for me to work. I'm averaging 29 and 13, shooting 50% from the floor. It's just, uh, it's time. It's time to go. You know, I appreciate you guys what you've done for me, but you know, this ain't the team. Five-time All-Star, uh, 2016 All-Star MVP, Rookie of the Year. You know, is but the thing is, I really don't blame him. You, you done what you could. Um, perhaps the, the management could have done better to, you know, to pique his interest on wanting to stay and finish his career there, but they lacked it and didn't do a good job, evidently. You know, so Anthony Davis, he's like, I want to go to L.A. And um, so it'd be Davis and LeBron and whoever, but... At the end of the season, he's a free agent, and it seems New Orleans, they're like, eh, they're not too keen on it. So there's talks of him and maybe Toronto and Kyle Lowry, but who knows? You know, maybe uh, Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard, but it's just Anthony Davis ain't having it. And, man, I, I don't know. Uh, nonetheless, Lakers and the Pelicans will have more discussions regarding Anthony Davis before Thursday's treadline. And um, I don't know. It's it's gonna be wild. I don't know how it's gonna work out. But like I said, the the Lakers are gonna have to give up the boat. And um, <laughs> and there's talks of uh, you know Alonzo Ball wants to go to another team besides New Orleans, but he really don't have a say because he's really not a significant player. He's not an All Star candidate. He's not a you know he's not a superstar. He's not a LeBron. He's not an Anthony Davis. He's got to realize that other players have certain privileges. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, we know your name. And because of your father, you know, hyped you up so much. But that don't mean you're good. He's been trash ever since. He's been a bust. And he's he, he's going to be a mediocre at best. You know, at best, he's he, he'll, in his career, perhaps to be a Rajon Rondo. But that's it. it you know, and they already got Rajon. So uh, with that being said, uh, the Lonzo Ball, he's going to have to go wherever you're, uh, he's going to go. I mean, he's going to have to accept that fact. You want to go somewhere where you want to be the guy and the man, improve your shooting, improve your free throw percentage. Don't shoot 2 of 8 from the field almost every night. You know what I mean? Don't shoot 20, 30% and then expect to get what you want. That ain't going to happen. Uh, so with that being said, Anthony David, I do, I by the looks of it, man, I really think the trade will go down though. Uh, like I said, though, um, I hate to sound like a broken record. They're going to give up Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and a pick or two. So uh, basically clear out the entire roster but LeBron. So with that being said, um, it's uh, it's going to be wild uh, these next couple days and see what happens. It's going to be very interesting. And then with the whole uh, Persingas trade between New York and Dallas Mavericks. And, um, you know, it's uh, it wasn't bad, but I'm impressed morally. It was a solid pickup for Dallas. But Persingas coming off a nasty injury, ACL tear. It's going to be iffy how he comes back. I like the guy. I hope he comes back greater than ever. You know, and uh, that Luke Donage, Luke Donage uh, I can't pronounce his name, but... Luke, the man from Dallas, he's been a, done a phenomenal job there. Dirk's on his way out. He's about he's forty, I think. He's up there, 
Um, and then this Persingas trade came out of nowhere. And I think it's it was more of a W for the New York Knicks. So if you're a Knicks fan, I'd be rejoicing right now. You freed up cap space. You got rid of the big contracts. Uh, you know, like Trey Burke went with that uh, trade as well. He didn't have a big con- contract, but uh, big contract was Persingas. So they have enough money now, enough cap space to acquire the free agents for the summertime. So now they can look at Kevin Durant and also a solid role player or uh, all-star as well. So I believe they're going to eye up Kevin Durant next. And then uh, possibly a Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, or Kemba Walker. One of those three. So I think that's what they're going to do next. And so far, you know, uh, that's that's huge. They're looking towards the future. They're like, you know what, let's start now. Let's clear out house. Let's get some cap space. A lot of big players can become free agents this year. Let's see what we can do and manage. So I believe they, they, they're they going to eye up Kevin Durant. They'll sign him. And then after that, after signing him, they'll be like, who do you want? Basically, handpick what you want. We want, help me help you. Pick out the player that you want to play with so we can bring a championship here that hasn't been here since the 60s or 50s, whatever. It's been a long time. But make this franchise relevant again. With the, with the Mellow era, it was meh. A few playoff appearances, but it wasn't huge like, you know, the Patrick Ewing, the, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Ewing era of the New York Knicks of the 90s. But um, I think uh, that's, that's, what, that's the goal for New York right now. It, you know, so that, that'd be huge. I'd be happy for them. So, like I said, if you're a Knicks fan, that'd be great. Uh, Kevin Durant's going to be a primary goal. Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, uh, Kimball Walker. I'm trying to think who else is going to become a free agent this year. Uh, and who knows? Maybe Anthony Davis, but I doubt it. He, pre- he seems pretty keen on L.A. Depending on these next couple days, you know, um, if the trade doesn't go down, he's getting, like I said, he's a free agent after this year. His contract expires. Um, but... With the whole Anthony Davis thing, I, I you can't be mad at the guy. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. He's like, I don't know, I don't own anybody shit when it comes to being in Boston. And he's right. He's his own man. He's his own player. And they have every right where you know where they want to determine and end their career and how they want to do it. So uh, there's e- there's even you know like I said, K- uh, Kevin Garnett, aka the big ticket, told Anthony Davis, he's like, hey. Do your thing now. I wasted a majority of my prime era in Minnesota, and we came cl- we came as close to the finals as the conference championship. You know, during that era of Latrell, Spearwell, and Sam Cassell. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, Wally Zerviak? Wally World? I think, yeah. It's not, I know, I'm going like early 2000s with that roster in Minnesota. But he wasted his prime era in Minnesota. Then he was somewhat still solid when he went to Boston. And I I guarantee you, if he was playing in this era, he would have left uh, Minnesota, you know, two, three years prior. Went to Boston. Did his thing with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. They could have won, you know, won more than uh, one championship. Uh, they only won one. They could have won two, perhaps, maybe three at best. But uh, with that being said... Kudos to these players being their own man, you know, not determining, you know, 
and I get in a guilt trip and it's like you know what hey this place ain't for me no more good for them but with that being said you are listening to Injured Reserve I'm going to take a quick little break Welcome back to Engine Reserve Podcast. This will be the final segment of the day. Uh, Bellator 214. Man, what can you say? Uh, like I, I called it basically. Um, as like I said, I you know as much as my heart wants to uh, Fedor Emelianenko to win against Ryan Bader, um, you know I had to I had to go with someone that was more in their prime, a little bit more faster, a little bit more well conditioned. Uh, Fedor's seven years older than Ryan Bader. He's 42. Ryan Bader's 35. Uh, with this win, this man, Ryan Bader's just a uh, phenomenal athlete, man. No doubt about it. He'll definitely go in the top 10 MMA fighters of all time. Uh, simultaneously now holding two belts in Bellator, the light heavyweight championship and the heavyweight championship. Um, seven, you know, he's on a seven fight win streak, been along the likes of, uh, not only now just Fedor, but Phil Davis, Rodrigo Nogueira, uh, Kimo, uh, Muhammad Law, uh, Matt Mitrione, man, the, the dude's on a tear. He's, he's a phenomenal dude. Uh, very humbled, uh, man. And this match was... This was definitely the the turning point and just a pinpoint, if anything, to show that, man, no matter how great you once were, but eventually your chin wears down too. And um, uh, Ryan Bader, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from the knockout Ryan Bader, but when he when he landed that uh, that left hook, I believe, it was it was solid and it was clean and it was under the chin. But 10 years ago, Fedor would have been able to eat that shot. And nowadays, it just uh, it ain't the same. And, you know, from the matches I've seen him perform in before, this isn't the same last emperor that we've known and loved to become and beloved. Um, phenomenal guy. I hope he retires, to be honest with you. Uh, hate to see uh, one of your favorite athletes dwindle down like that. He has nothing left more to prove. Even Scott Coker, the CEO of Bellator, said the same thing. Uh, 38. 38 wins, 6 losses, uh, 1 no contest, 45 fights, 42 years old. Uh, I just hope, you know, he just rides off in the sunset. He had a, you know, he's 2-2 two two in his last 4 fights, and he's had a phenomenal run in this tournament. Nobody expected him to make this far, you know, as much, uh, as, much as people have known him to be dangerous and make phenomenal comebacks in the past. Uh, beating Long Likes, you know, uh, Frank Mir and Chael Sonnen, you know, to make it to the fu- finale. That was phenomenal. I don't think anyone expected. Fedor was the underdog against uh, Frank Mir to start out the tournament, for one. So, and um, Frank Mir had about 20, 30 pound, thir- about 20, 30 pounds advantage on him as well. Uh, so, I hope he retires. You know, he has nothing left more to prove. Uh, phenomenal guy, uh, top three at, uh, MMA fighters of all time. Uh, Got to say, John Jones, Fedor Emelianenko, and Anderson Silva. And even Anderson Silva 
who is uh, one four and one in his last previous fights. It's if it comes to time, it's like yeah, it's, I miss those guys, miss the days, but I just hope they call it quits. You don't like to see him get hurt like that. You know, Ryan Bader, this is his time. This was his moment. Rightfully so. He's earned it. And um, he's got to make a hell of a run, uh, you know, next couple years in Bellator. So he's going to be the poster child. Good for him. So, um, but yeah, uh, Bellator 214, man. Um, Like I said, if I was a bent man, I'd take Ryan Bader. Uh, but this was definitely the, uh, I like to call it the Chuck Liddell moment for Fedor. Um, cause we know, you know, people that have known the Iceman during his heyday in prime era of UFC days, um, his wars against Ortiz and, uh, Randy Couture and Rampage Jackson and Rashad Evans, the older he got. And once he eclipsed, you know, that early 40s, late 30s stage, he wasn't as fast. He wasn't as well conditioned. His po- his 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 power punches, those lead hooks, weren't as strong anymore. And you know, it's eventually came a time where you know, uh, when he faced Rich Franklin, and he took he took that one shot. And any other time, he would have been able to eat it, but he fell down like a ton of bricks. And uh, the fight with him and when he made his little comeback against Tito Ortiz for their trilogy fight should have never happened under <laughs> the Oscar De La Hoya brand for his promotion. That was a terrible idea. A guy that's coming out of retirement eight, ten years later. Hey, come on, man. The dude was 49 years old. And not to take away from Tito Ortiz, but man, uh, I didn't like the fact that how he's bragging. It's just like, look, man, you beat it. You've been still relevant in fighting. You just beat your rival who hasn't fought in eight years. You've been fighting for the, you know, since then, since your last meeting. So it's just, it's nothing really to brag about. So it's just, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, when uh, with Ortiz and Liddell, uh, the third fight, Liddell wasn't the Iceman that we know. He was stiff. He hardly, I don't think he even threw any punches, to be honest with you. It was hard to watch. He literally looked like a 50-year-old. He's not 50 yet, but he's 49. He literally looked like a 50-year-old out there. It's just like it should have never happened. And, um, yeah, so things of that nature. Uh, Once, you know, I would say between 37 and 40, uh, you're grinding out the gears on that, right? You know, as uh, as an athlete, not just as an MMA fighter. So, Uh, um. But with that being said, uh, I appreciate y'all listening in. Hope y'all have a great Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, whoever you're listening to, hey, best of luck. I hope it's a phenomenal game. And, um, hey, it's, it's going to be fun. Eat a lot of greasy foods, but drink water the next day to recover. Don't drink too much. Y'all have a God-blessed day.